With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. radio um and and it's kind of transfer unveiling day i wish we had like a ball and you know you do some kick-ups and whatnot you know um a big photo we do actually have the big photo board you guys have had your, your presentation you're paul Ince. you've had your photos before you've actually done the proper transfer but the transfer's complete deal done we should have had you not playing that on the piano really it's man united <laughs> stuff good evening Chase and Ricky of Last Word on Spurs, our brand new Spurs fan show host. I'm so happy to have you here. We're delighted to be here. Fantastic to be here, mate. Competitive debuts. Competitive debuts. How how, how happy? Oh, honours. We've got to yeah. hit the ground running, though. You've got to hit the ground running. We've got plenty to talk about. Give us a lowdown. Well, tonight, you know, we've got the International Champions Cup that Spurs are involved in. Spurs' lack of transfer activity, what needs to happen before the deadline. Obviously, there's been new contracts handed out to Hummin Son and Eric Lamella. And, you know, what is the realistic, realistic ambition for Spurs this season coming? Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Where do you want to start? Jace, do you want to do do kick off somewhere? Well, I suppose the, the thing to start is with the pre-season tour because we, we kick off in about, what, eight hours' time, the, f- yep. the, f- the first real game for us with, with what, nine or ten players missing from the World Cup and it will be interesting to see how many of those young kids can, can make an impression. Question. Are you going to be watching it? Yes. Ricky? Of course. Why? Because we've had plenty of fans coming here just going, nah, don't bother with that. You've got to watch them, mate. You've got to watch them. Yeah. Well, I've watched my side's 
two last friendlies and they were kind of embarrassing. <laughs> uh, we drew 1-1 against Club America, who ironically aren't from America. They're actually Mexican. <laughs> We drew 1-1 with that, and we drew 0-0 with the San Jose Earthquakes. It was a 0-0 on the Richter scale, put it that way. It was possibly the most boring 90 minutes I've ever watched in my life. Then you go, it's Mourinho ball, isn't it? It's exactly how I was going to say, is that Jose parking the bus It was. It was parking the bus. Um, I'm not going to say it's been an interesting summer or interesting few weeks of Spurs, because it really, really hasn't. Mm. Very, very quiet, isn't it? Horribly quiet. Jace is more calm than I am. But even as a, I like to think I say things as they are, and I'm absolutely stunned that Spurs haven't made any move whatsoever. Bear in mind, if we roll the clock back to Pochettino's last post-match press conference against Leicester, he was adamant this summer that some things had to change, and we were led to believe as supporters that meant getting players in early, you know, getting these getting these guys to give it a hit the ground running, and I'm I'm absolutely stunned there, and that we haven't yet made a single transfer. Yeah, Oliver Skip. Kaziah Sterling, um, well, they're, they're going to be two players who are uh, given the chance to impress over the tour. Harry Winks still in rehab. Vincent Janssen and Marcus Edwards confirm their exit. Yeah, I think that's where things are standing at the moment. Maurizio Pochettino has come out today and has said um, that Vincent Janssen will be sold this summer. He's made no bones about that. He's also confirmed that Josh Onoma is still very much part of his plans. Which, again, I'm quite surprised about because I personally thought there may have been a deal to be done there for Onomar as part of the Grealish transfer. But maybe. Who knows what's going to happen Villa with Villa can't pay the wages. They can't afford to pay the wages, <laughs> well, can they? Well, Tottenham can't afford to pay the transfer fee for Grealish at the moment. <laughs> Is it, it's all stadium. It's all because of the stadium, though, isn't it, Jase? For me, yeah, probably the, the stadium's a big part of it. And, you know, despite what was said at the end of last season, it appears that we need to sell before we can buy. And we've still got Toby, we've still got Rose, we've still got Jensen, we've still got Sissoko, we've still got Lorente. And, and until we can get rid of some of those, it it would appear that that's what's stopping us doing, the, doing any deals inwards. Yeah, I mean, everyone knew that this summer was all going to be about finishing the stadium, uh, getting things ready. I just... I'm convinced we're going to see another late, late show from Daniel Levy. You know, a few days before... Bang, Spurs, bang, 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 and then deadline day as well. I'm I'm still convinced that Spurs will sign another centre half and I'm convinced I, I reckon it could be Harry Maguire, you know that? Because I rec- I still reckon Aldevire will go to United. See I just don't know. I mean I am so f- listen, I've always been behind the current board at Tottenham to some degree because I do feel at times there's been the opportunity there to push on. And we haven't necessarily done that. But at the same time, you have to acknowledge when you go past what our lane and you look at what's being built, it's very hard to be so, so critical of the club. But at the same time, this summer was the opportunity was there to really, again, make a statement, go into that new stadium with two to three, what I would now consider Spurs need is marquee signings to really now go there and say, look, we're going to challenge Manchester City. And my biggest worry is that you look at the clubs around us and they all seem to be improving to some degree and Spurs are just standing still. But that's leave he he always does that though, doesn't he? He always sticks around and he's always there at the end to catch up. I remember hearing the Rafael van der Vaart story where he, Harry Redknapp says, Yeah, we'll take him on loan. And Levy goes, No, 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 we gotta buy him, we gotta buy him. Tell me now. And Harry's like, Okay then and he brings in Rafael van der Vaart, who ends up, you know, as as what a player. I mean just genuine mm. what an absolute baller he was. But I just I can I feel like a late Levy rumbling again. I think it's 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 difficult to know. The, the exact reasons why we haven't done it yet. I, I feel that probably Martial is is the number one target. And perhaps Daniel Levy has said to Pochettino, look, 
we really believe we can get him, but you're going to have to wait to those last one or two days. Or do you want me to go out and spend £40 million on another player now? And maybe it's Pochettino himself that has said, no, nope, I want Martial, I'd sooner wait. We have no idea what goes on. So, you know, that's, that's not a defence of Daniel Levy, but if Martial is your number one target and they believe, look, at some stage, this this impasse between the Toby to United, the uh, Martial deal will all fall together. Then maybe that's the reason why why it hasn't happened. We just don't know that. See, the reason why, Jason, I get your point. The reason why I just simply can't buy that is Pochettino, last year, he came out and made it clear when he was asked about Spurs' transfer dealings and he said the most important thing is to identify targets when we start our pre-season on July the 3rd that they are here if we if we don't it takes six months for them to really help the team and then you're going to pay for me that is a clear you know not a threat but a clear point that he's making to Daniel Levy to say look I need to have my players in early to work with them to get them ready in the pre-season so we can hit the ground running and my biggest concern Aaron, is yeah you may be right we may get signings in last day of the window but the reality is there may be a panic they need like to bed in as well. Well, again, yeah. They need to bed into of that course, squad. They of need course. to work their way in. What do you feel Spurs need? Me personally, mm. when I look at that Spurs squad, I still feel that we are light of another real attacking option from the bench, a game changer. Don't get me wrong, Ericsson's been phenomenal for Spurs in the middle of that midfield, but I still feel we need something very, very special off the bench. And I mean, if Martial comes in, not only does for me he, he improve the squad, but he also. Bec- can become a first team regular um, and like Jason's mentioned we don't know what's happening with the likes of Danny Rose Toby Alderweireld Moussa Dembele all these guys for me are likely to leave and my biggest concern is that we may let these guys go and not replace them Jason uh, for me the Martial deal for, for me if Tottenham are going to go and spend 70 million quid I want it on the Moussa Dembele role because because we've got you've got Son you've got Ericsson you've got Ali Lamella's just signed Lucas Moura signed last year so You've got some options there. Whereas we'll kick this season off. Winks is not ready. Dembele doesn't look fit, which means Musa Sissoko is our central midfield player. And that's Good why God. I say that 70 million quid for me is more essential on that position than any other position in the team. Yeah, I mean, you'd have expected him to maybe looked into an option here and there before the World Cup. I mean, we're what? We're approaching... Are we two weeks after? No, we're about 10, 12 days yeah. after the World Cup final yep. now. And, you know, slowly, slowly rumblings of transfers are occurring. Things are going on. Um, one I actually heard was Decore from Watford because he still hasn't com- committed his future properly to Watford. He- he's a bit here I and there. Don't know. Is, that, is that player going to really take this Spurs squad to the next level? And the answer to that is no. He really isn't. You know, it's another player that brings in... Okay, it's a squad player. Is he any better than what we've got? Chase, I don't think he is. I just, I just think you, if Pochettino wants him, then I'm happy with that because you, we've seen Pochettino improve players. Now I'm not saying I'm, I'm desperate to sign Decore or people like that, but if that's the one that Pochettino said that's the player I want, then then for me, then that's the, the deal you try and get. Kovacic is the one we really want. Oh, excellent. That's player. the guy. If you what ask me now, who could you have the pick of central midfielders? That's the man I want in that midfield. Well, I still think Milinkovic Savage is a quality player. Maybe he didn't turn it on in the in the World Cup. Mm. He's still very, very young. And he seems like the player that Poch can kind of mould yep. and, you know, make his own. 
which I really like about Poch. He does that a lot to various players. He coaches them well. Of course, yeah. You see managers and you see coaches, and I think Poch is just a great blend of both of them. You know, I enjoy watching him, you know, with the arm around the shoulder with some players. Of course, and, yeah. and, you know, how he's brought in the youth as well. Well, that's the reason why, for me, I know, again, it polarises opinion, and people say, why do you want Jack Grealish? For me, you look at Pochettino's record with English players, it's a proven track record. The likes of Kane, the likes of Winks, Dyer, Ro- you know, Dyer, Rose, Shaw, when he had him, Klein. It's a natural thing that he just seems to always mm. promote and improve English players. And Grealish is one there that, again, you can see his potential in there. But could you argue that, has he really ever had a great attacking manager to work under? And the answer is no. And I think if you're going to look at the squad and say to me, goal down, am I going to want to be on a Muta Sissoko? Or bring on a Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish every time for me. Every single time. Steve from uh, Hotspur Pod is listening in. Steve, good evening. Thank you very much for joining us on Love Sport. Uh, and thank you very much for joining Ricky and Joe. Have you say that at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. 0208 7020 558 is the number to dial if you want to have your say this evening. We're still in pre-season mode, but it's the competitive debut for the boys. Give them a, uh, a, a decent a decent bedding in. Give them a bit of a run around. I want to hear Ricky on the pressure. I want to see what he does in the midfield on the ball because that's what we're looking for right now at Spurs. Looking for a midfielder who actually knows what they're doing. Unlike Musa Soka, who look, maybe, just maybe, at another club he would have been loved. In my opinion, he's like the Marouane Fellaini of Spurs. You know, where he's just unloved, unclean, send him in the corner. I'm going to make a big statement here. I think Marouane Fellaini still gets more love than Musa Soka no, does. No, he doesn't. I believe think he does. Me. Jason, back me up here. He definitely does. I, I, I've, <laughs> I've, I've always said with Marouane Fellaini, if Alex Ferguson had signed him, he would up, be up there with like, the heroes because he comes up with such influential goals at the most important times. Yet, because he's played under Mourinho and Van Gaal and Moyes signed him, it's just like, nah, he's rubbish, he's rubbish, he's rubbish. But if Fergie had signed him, and that was a report that Fergie always wanted to sign him, I reckon he'd have been up there like a John O'Shea or a Darren Fletcher cult hero. But but that's the big difference. Fellaini still makes a contribution at times. <laughs> what does Musa Sissoko mm. doesn't? That's that's the problem. Contributes with the elbow, Jace. That's what it does. <laughs> Leads with the elbow. Um, we were talking about Poch before and his ability to coach young English players. James Walprow is another one, but another player that was linked with Spurs, who's been linked with Spurs for about a year, who I've been watching for the past two seasons is Ryan Sessegnon, who may I just indicate for the 15th millionth time is not a left back. Yeah, He's a left winger, he's mm. an attacker, he's an attacking player. I just think that Spurs is the club for Ryan Sessegnon eventually when he wants to move on from Fulham and I think Poch is the man to coach the best out of him. I think he's such a great player and you can just see Poch getting the best out of him. Well, I think if We've been sniffing around this guy for a good year, year and a half. You know, there are people on our podcast as well. Um, journalists come on and say, there's an, undeniably, Spurs have been interested in the player. But with Fulham now in the Premier League, it's a whole different kettle of fish. I think the guy wants to go, wants, wants to stay at Fulham and really wants to show and succeed with them this season. I think it's a real opportunity for him to really show that he can be a player on the big stage, as in the Premier League, and then he may well get his next move. But I am shocked that Spurs or another you know, top club in the Premier League haven't taken the risk on him, because there's undeniably talent there. I don't think it's a case of taking the risk with Sessegnon. I think it's firstly a case of agreeing a fee with Fulham's owners. Fulham aren't strapped for cash, mm. as their owner has just displayed by trying to launch an audacious bid to bid to buy Wembley Stadium. You know, um, So when people say, oh, Fulham can't afford it, believe me, they can afford it. Um, I don't think it's about the money. I think it's a case of, firstly, he his brother plays, his twin brother plays on 
the right hand side of midfield or the right hand side of defence as well. So he does want to be torn away from him. There's a family affair. Well, his his their younger younger brother has now <laughs> just been signed by the academy. You know, they are literally a Fulham family. Um, he's always said that that's his club, that's a club he supports, that's a club he loves. And I think he wants to give it a go in the Premier League, really, says, you know. But I just, for some reason, I can just see him at Spurs under Pochettino. I just, it, it just comes to me all the time. And I really think that if Fulham do go down, I can see him at the Spurs straight away. Him and Kenny will be the straight exits out of the door. We'll be interested to see how Sessignon does because. You know, there's there's no doubt in that when he was seen last year, that the talent is is so clear to see. But of course, you know, step up to the Premier League. I think he's probably right to stay at Fulham on a personal level. I don't think he's ever pushed for a move from Fulham or anything like that. And and actually, a bit of respect for him for that because he wants to do it at Fulham. And, and good luck to the kid. And, and we'll see, we'll see. You know, he'll get his weaknesses will get tested a lot more in the, the Premier League. And you know, there'll be the old thing: does he track back enough and things like that. But but, you know, I'm really excited to, to see him and, and I hope he has a, a buzzing season. The problem is, the better season he has with Fulham, the more likely is that the other big bidders will come in next next summer rather than just it being Tottenham. So, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, spot on, chaps. Um, we're approaching 20 past seven. It's Love Sport Radio. Spurs will play Roma, Barcelona and AC Milan in the International Champions Cup, um, which is another one of those. It's quite a frightening prospect when you look at our squad we're taking out there. You're battering 4 0 or something like that. Watch. Oh, I don't it know it about always that. happens. It I, always happens. I always thought the ICC thing was a cricket trophy, <laughs> yeah, not, a, yeah. not a football trophy. I don't know. Where, where's it been based? Where's it been held? In the States. All over the States. All over the, the States. There, Asia is involved as well, and Australia's involved. Mm. and I, I never know what happens to the final. Me neither. <laughs> I just don't, I don't really understand them to be fair these tournaments it's quite embarrassing when we won it last year with this trophy it was Vincent Janssen holding it up with such pride and joy and Jan looked so embarrassed bless him because I think this whole trophy thing it just won't it won't go away and again this season coming up it's another big big season 20 years isn't it since the League Cup win Twen- uh, tw- 10 years tw- 10 years since that years. One, I'm, I'm thinking yeah, one back trophy to 20 in years one. one trophy in 19 years and now currently with the uh, highest season ticket prices in the Premier League, I, rem- I remember the uh, the night. Is it the ninety eight or ninety seven one? The win, the League Alan Cup. Nielsen yeah. diving header. Yeah, ninety nine, ninety nine, ninety nine. Worthington 99, Cup. Yeah. I, re- I remember that one quite clearly <laughs> because I really liked the kit. The kit, the, the old Adidas kits, were always my favourite Spurs. Yeah. I just thought they looked really, as they say, dead smart. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. they looked really dead smart, but and then obviously Jonathan Woodgate. I was actually there for that game. Oh. Um, you know, ashamedly, I was I was one of those. You know, the, the football family guests mm. in the middle right, middle tier. Club Wembley. Yeah, Club Wembley. I was unfortunately one of them and didn't really enjoy it. But it was a great goal by Woody. Well, it's funny. He wrote himself into Tottenham folklore. I think he only paid about ten games for Spurs at that point. <laughs> It's quite unique how you can quickly write yourself into becoming a Spurs legend. Alan Hutton, part of that Alan side. H- yeah. Alan Hutton. Alan Hutton. He's still chugging along. He's still at Villa. Yeah, he's still there. You know, I, Holding I mean, on. I don't know how. I really don't know. But I remember when Spurs' transfer policy was literally just buy everyone. Didier Zakora was such an important He was an interesting one. You wouldn't want him. I don't know if he was more dangerous in our box than the it, opposition's. But it's amazing how Spurs went from not signing Timu Tainio. To Didier Zakora, to Rafael van der Vaart. Yeah. You know, it's just like the, the evolution of time. Oh, yeah, no, undoubtedly. that's And that's also a hard thing with Spurs because expectation is now a big part in Tottenham Hotspur. You look at the way Pochettino has improved players and just now the level of what we need, it's naturally gone up. 
because you look at where we are challenging now, you know, second, third, and again, this is we want to try and push on. We now need a next level kind of player, and that's cost money. And, you know, the argument is, do Spurs have that amount of money to spend on what you would consider to be a high-calibre player to come in and actually improve the squad? I think what's hard for Spurs and, and a lot of clubs right now is that you've got positives being done by the board in the sense of building the ground and securing the financial status with the NFL deal. You're not going to be like the mob from up the road who, who basically have sacrificed potentially winning anything. The for mob you. from across the river, you mean? Well, yeah. Not from them, up the road, them. yeah. That's right. Um, <laughs> He's very clear on that. Yeah. You, you're not going to be like them because effectively they, they've they sacrificed, you know, footballing glory and, and winning things and actually doing bits and pieces properly by focusing on finances and having to you, make money every what? year and whatnot. But Levy has made sure you know he's got the cheese room because he knows he needs to be funding this ground he not, he's managed to, you know every cost seems to be worked out and it seems to be very 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 methodical on the bad side of it you've got deals for Neymar going for 150 million pounds mm. and Coutinho 100 well Neymar was 180 Coutinho was 150 yep. the benchmark has gone higher when it comes to transfers now so on one side you're budgeting it so that yes we always have enough left in the pot to make some decent signings on the other side inflation's hit and prices are going up well, I've just seen Richarlison go in for 50. I was going to say, the Richarlison deal. That's incredible. You know, you think yeah. if that's, what, 50 million yep. for Richarlison, that's that's because he had that, he had a fantastic, what, six-week period. Six months. Even say, was it even well, six four, months? Four months, four months. I don't even think it was six months, but, you know, if that's 50 million quid, then then it's just madness in that transfer window, isn't I, it? I think it's 25 million for the player and 25 million Marco Silva tax. Of course. Yeah, no, that's the massive thing because he's played under him before. Silva wants him. Everton want to show their loyalty towards him, especially in his early stages. You get the players and the manager wants and they want to keep him happy. It's a big risk for Everton. I mean, he hasn't scored a goal since January. <laughs> he actually hasn't scored a goal since January. So right now you're looking at going... If he doesn't score till next January, what, what are you guys going to do? Like, you could be in serious, serious bother with him. However, for Watford, I mean, their owner, Gino Pozzo, who who has this thing about shifting around players, literally, he is the Dell boy. Uh, forget Harry Redknapp, he's the Dell boy of chairman. You know, imagine that, he's got three clubs and he just sends players around in, like, loops. Uh, I'd imagine he's probably got hotels in every city he, he buys a football club, Granada, Udinese and Watford, because he should actually have just, like... A little apartment hotel thing going on where it's like, right, you're moving into twenty eight B in Granada <laughs> and then see you over there, you're in you're in room five oh five in Watford. Um but he's looked at it and gone, I paid eleven million pounds this player a year ago. He hasn't scored a goal since January. I'm about to make thirty nine million pounds on him. But it'd be Tottenham fans right now, Aaron, screaming thinking, Well, I'm sitting, Everton are spending money. What why aren't we? Everton have got a backer that is so rich, he freely admits he can't actually spend all of the money he has. It'd be impossible. Mm. But we had Joe Lewis's yacht coming through the Thames the other day, the, oh, billi- the billion pound yacht, and you just think, oh, no, if we're priding that round London, we can't even make. We're not even getting. A, we're we're struggling to get a sign. I mean, I went away on holiday. Before I went away on holiday, we've been with Anthony Martial and Gareth Bale. Of course, Gareth Bale was the dream. I've come back. We're haggling over a fee for Championship Jack Grealish, and I, and I said I've made it clear I would like Grealish, but. Just, just it is worrying, highly, highly worrying at the moment. It is worrying. Don't worry though, we have you covered. Uh, we're here till nine o'clock talking Spurs. O two o eight seventy twenty five five eight. That is the number to call. It's at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. 
728, it's Love Sport Radio. I'm here with uh, Jace and uh, Ricky from the Last Word on Spurs podcast. Chaps, we're talking all things Tottenham. We're talking transfer policy. Now you want to disassemble the squad. You want to tell me who Spurs should be bidding off. Where should we start, Jace? <laughs> <laughs> How long you got? I've got plenty of time, pal. It's all, it's all on you. Go on, Jace, you want to kick off? Danny Rose would be my... He's one of my big uh, bugbears at the moment. I, I hear lots of Tottenham fans saying, why, why do we want to sell our best players? I think Danny Rose, unfortunately, 18 months ago, was without a doubt one of our best players. Was was absolutely fantastic. Looked, looked the, the number one left back in the Premier League or wing back. Had that awful injury. And from that moment on, it's been a real struggle for him. I hear people saying he just needs fitness. But he came back in November. I hear people say he needs a pre-season, but he's not going to get a pre-season. Uh, we saw him in the World Cup, trusted for what a game and a half, conceded two. Well, when a failed winger is goals. played ahead of you, <laughs> then you know you got problems. Exactly, and that's that's my worry for him. And you know, Man United seems to have gone cold on him. And I think you know, for me, I just I. I personally think Danny Rose as a person perhaps needs to leave Tottenham to, to try and get his old his old place back. Well, I heard that Spurs wanted Luke Shaw and there was a potential, you know, a potential deal going on. But since then, the thing about Luke Shaw is it seems like he's been on Slimming World. So <laughs> Mourinho might actually keep him now because he's lost a bit of the timber. He's quick going to Nando's. He's, bu- you know, he's, he's jacked in the KFC and it looks like things might be on the up for Luke Shaw. Well, if if Mourinho prefers a player that he didn't like last year at all to buying Danny Rose, that perhaps tells you where Danny Rose now is. Potentially. The thing is, for me, very, very weird. I've just pulled up Danny Rose's career stats. Amazing. He, he he came to Spurs from Leeds in 07, obviously when you had the mass colour at Leeds and you guys seemed to pick up the best bargains. You're always Robinson, like, yeah. you, you lot were Kino. the ones, you know, 6am outside the sale, <laughs> outside the door. We'll take him, we'll it was take Daniel him. Daniel Levy and was it, Fra- not An- was it Arnison? No, Damien Camoli. Damien Camoli, yeah. Damien Camoli and, and Daniel Levy. Aaron just, Leonard was another Aaron one. Lennon, yeah. Yeah. Paul Aaron Robinson, Lennon. Aaron Lennon, yeah. you name it, you, you had them all. But um, let's say he established himself in, in 2012. 20 games that season in all competitions. Next one, 30. Next one, 34. Back to 30, 21 to 17. Now, when Spurs are playing on average 50 to 60 games a season, because you've been in Europe, yep. and the Europa League is massive, that's not a lot of games. Well, I, th- I think, in fairness, that, that, what, 2016 season, a lot of that is genuine rotation when, when we tended to do that between games. I mean, how many of those are league games? Um, right, so in 11-12, we played 11 league games, 22 in the, in the following season, 28 in the following season, 24, then 18, then 10. That, mm. like, the, I think that what's is ten last year, yeah, ten, and that's not even ten starts. Don't forget, no, I that's think. ten appearances. It's amazing overall. how little he's actually played for a fullback. You know, I can think of fullbacks down the years who played every single game because you like to keep your backline quite settled, don't you? you like yep. to keep it settled. Yep. Everyone knows their duties. Everyone knows each other. They're all pals. They all drink together. They all have a cup of tea together. Have their breakfast together. They all play together. So it's very hard for Danny because when he comes out and makes the comments he did before a ball is kicked the previous season. I don't know what was... Listen, we, we've seen a lot of interviews with him over the summer as well saying that, you know, he hasn't always been the greatest of place. And you have to also respect that these footballers, we don't know what's going on in their lives. But you do feel sometimes there's a time to get your head down and work. And there's a time to talk. And he just seems to always seem to choose the wrong time to open his mouth. And to do it a day before the season that started a couple of years ago, it was so ill-advised. I don't know why he was It was last that. season after the Carl Walker deal, wasn't it? Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah, it, it was, was the incredible. timing of it, Aaron. That was the most frustrating thing for me would... Batters kick off the season, and he's given an interview to the son of all 
the, the, the thing is, is I was alerted to it because, you know, I was covering Tottenham for mm. a couple of different outlets. Yep. And I was told something big is in a break tonight. So yeah. literally, I got myself a bit of food, got my laptop, and just <laughs> anchored myself on the sofa waiting. Literally waiting, waiting, waiting. And when I saw it, I expected it to be something like, you know something big but and then i was like okay actually it could be big then i was like yeah this is actually quite big i really think if rose was clever and he'd actually wanted to make it up with parcher make it up with daniel levy he should have come out uh, in a statement and said look i was misadvised by you know misrepresented or you know misadvised yep. by you know um the guy representing me and he told me i should go and get this deal and blah blah, blah and i don't i'm committed to you know i'm committed to the club to dare is to do xyz blah 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 i want to play for spurs instead of that He's kind of just sat there and gone, now what? See, we had some comments. I think as well, I mean, over the past 12 months since that thing, there's there's been other things, you know, he seems to intimate that he's not happy with the, you know, the the medical treatment he's had at Tottenham or something. He said, you know, it's been a really tough 12 months. And I think there's various little barbed jibes at at what's gone on at Tottenham. And and that's why I say I get the feeling that he as a person... Take, take take my own personal preference of as he a good enough left back or not anymore. I think he as a person has reached that stage where he needs to to move on to to restart and uh, you know if if he left to go to Southampton if he left to go to Everton if he left to go to Liverpool and became a great left back again good luck to him. I just don't feel that we'll ever see the Danny Rose that we saw at Tottenham. 15, that's, that's my problem yeah. with it. Yeah, spot on, chap. Spot on. Let's take a, another pause. We'll be dissecting the squad once more. I'm sure you've got plenty more to talk about. Plenty more gripes. I have a feeling a few of them are Musso Sissoko shaped as well. But I don't I don't want to get his angina up. You know, I don't want him <laughs> to get aggravated. And that's the main thing. We're probably not insured for that. I don't want to get you aggravated, yeah, Chase. Get yourself a couple of aspirin. Maybe a Panadol or something like that. <laughs> and we'll be back after this. It's love sport. Jace is suitably refreshed with his uh, his medical supplies. Chaps, let's crack on with the squad dissection. Who else needs to be shown the door? Because we, we've talked Danny Rose. Who else? This hurts me to say it because I adore him when he's in the form that we've seen in periods of last season. It's got to be Moussa Dembele. There was a stint last season where we saw him where he was absolutely incredible. I think Arsenal, Liverpool, United. Um, he just... He ran the show. Literally ran the show. He really did. And the most frustrating thing for me is that you see this guy in certain games and just the legs aren't there anymore with Musa. And I think he's also accepted it. I think he came out not too long before the World Cup and said that if I am going to move from Tottenham, it won't be to another English club. Tottenham is my club. So I think he knows himself now that he needs to take a move to... For me, it's going to have to be Italy because obviously the Chinese window, I believe, is now shut. Shut. It's now shut. So it's got to be Italy. Inter Milan have been sniffing around him all summer so far. I would imagine closer to the deadline there's going to be a deal to be done there. Um, but it hurts me to say that because I think Dembele's been a, a great servant to Tottenham. But again, have we seen the best of Musa? I'd argue there should be more goals in him. That would have made him, for me, you know, that, that next level of player. And that's the only thing we've been missing from Musa. But an incredible servant to Tottenham. Chase? Yeah, I think the same. I think when he's... When he's at his best, he's still a fantastic player, but you don't get that best level at enough times. And I think that the problem with, with players, we tend to think of them as, with those fond memories of, same, same in the way with Danny Rose, of how good they were, but it's how good they now are 
week in, week out. And I think Moussa Dembele we saw in a number of the the games before Christmas last year when he's kind of given the runaround in midfield. He, it happened in the semi-final, didn't yep. it, with Pogba. Yep. You've even seen it in the World Cup a couple of times where where now when he can't reach that, that extremely high level he's got, he becomes actually quite a really ordinary player. And, and I don't want to see Moussa Dembele be, be an ordinary player. It's amazing though because the Premier League is such an unforgiving place of course you know um again we talk about paul pogba people look at him and all you ever hear people spatting about is 90 million pound 90 million pound paul pogba he's rubbish you don't get 20 goals a season bam 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 do you know what i don't think he's built for this league and you look at it he 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 was brilliant at juventus that's because in italy they play the game at a walking pace and you know the defender won't come and harass you for the ball he hasn't got ryan shawcross coming in like a, you know either the engine going bang hello mate you know no it's not like that in italy you have space to look around make a pass pick something out you've got space to be an intelligent footballer that's why i mean people talk about xavi um sorry excuse me iniesta yeah and why Someone like Chelsea or City didn't come, you know, and why Pep Guardiola didn't want him because he's got a gap in his midfield. Go and get him, Pep. Give him a year at City. He, I don't think he'd last. No. I think, yeah. you know, once the legs have gone, mm. you're in a bit of trouble. And we've seen it with Yaya Torre as well. Pep has phased him out. Palace are hovering over him, but going, this could be a massive mistake. Well, especially massive, his wages, massive, Aaron. Of course, with wages the wages. will be absolutely astronomical. But I do think Dembele... He'll walk into that Italian league, and for me, exactly. he'll become one of the best players in there instantly. Without a shadow of a doubt, he'll walk into Inter Milan, and he'll be one of the first names on the team sheet, a guaranteed starter every week. No, you're spot on. You really are spot on there with that one. Uh, who do we look at next? What about Nkudu? Is he still stuck in that medical suite, Jason? Oh, no. <laughs> Nkudu, I mean, you know, he goes to Burnley on loan gets no real game time and if you're not going to get a game at Burnley you can't be expected to get a game at Tottenham so you know he's full of smiley faces on Instagram and he <laughs> you know he seems to entertain Serge Aurier and people like that but but for me you know get get rid do you reckon they have him doing like extra bits and pieces like you know a bit of gardening here and there <laughs> at Burnley you know cleaning the boots giving everyone else a bit of a hand you know putting the goalposts up and stuff like that like what do you do? He spent more money. He spent more time in the medical room waiting for his Spurs one than he's had on the pitch. I think if you add up the minutes he had on that for Spurs on a pitch over the last what couple of seasons, it's just been insane. It just hasn't worked. We've had this also with a lot of these French players, haven't we? In Kudu and G. I was, I was just about to bring up two players that really offended me when they signed for Spurs. Is in Kudu and, and 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 is it Clinton and G? Yeah. Oh yeah. God. We, are, I mean, and now it's N.O. Body. Yeah, very good. <laughs> so very far, good. Um, I just don't know about Spurs. Spurs' scouting system, it's just been, it's been hit and miss because Davidson Sanchez has came in last, well, last summer and he's hit the ground running and he looks now a, s- a snip for what we've got him for. He looks an absolutely incredible buy. So, I don't know, you're not going to win with every transfer, are you? But at the same time, you know, Spurs' transfer strategy... It does leave one in the mind to be a little bit baffled. Yeah, I mean, with with the actual scouting system a few years ago, again, we, I'm going to take it back to Camoli times, where I believe, you know, I, I used to watch Spurs as a kid, and, you know, I remember seeing, like, a really 
big bulked out squad that was full of players but just who didn't know how to play with each other you know um you had Stephen Carr I remember when Stephen Carr had hair you know well, that's fine like, that's quite wide you know, when Stephen Carr had hair um you know you had Ian Walker playing for you I remember when Sergei Rebrov scored uh well Sergei, Sergei Rebrov signed it was record signing wasn't it 11 million pounds that's yep. right. Yeah, Eleven million right. pounds. That was a lot, that's when money with a lot of money, Aaron. I, I remember. It. Remember, I remember it so <laughs> clearly when Rebrov signed. You know, Teddy, Chris Armstrong, who's now I think he's a Rastafarian somewhere. He is. <laughs> he is. Um, you know, blessings be to Jar. Um, Everson, all these players, and then one day it just stopped, and they relaunched Spurs as this. If they're English and they're under 24, we'll have them. We'll have them, yeah. You know, it was like Levy was the child catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. It was like, <laughs> come on, children, four-year deals. You know, um, picked up Sean Davis, picked up uh, Lennon, Paul Robinson, Robinson yeah. all these different players, and then blended with randomers like Timu Tania from yeah. Old Zero, I think. No, Nordin Nabit. Right. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Nordin Nabit. What a man. What a man. Genuinely. He could, he could cure... The world's baldness crisis purely <laughs> with the wig he could get from his, his chest. He was a very, very hairy man, wasn't he? In, famous, in, in fairness to Norodine, you know, Ledley did say how much he actually improved him as a player, yeah. positional-wise. So he may have maybe had a part to play He'd in the Great King. He's done so well um, at Deportivo. But you know mm. they had a brilliant team in the early 2000s and unfortunately for them now it's just all gone pear shape you know finances and yep. whatnot but I remember their great team that you know Roy Malin, McKay Roy McKay Roy what McKay, a player he player. was just a poor man's Rude Van Nistelrooy wasn't he yep <laughs> he, that's exactly what he was uh, Diego Tristan Dario Tristan, Silva Valeron mm. you know all these different players were, were brilliant for, for Depor and Noradine was there but then the transfer strategy changed you know, Spurs started on these players. Then they started picking up the players who were on the edge of something decent. Your Berbers. Yeah. You know, um, obviously, you know, Robbie Keane and, and Jermaine Defoe were there. I mean, I remember when Freddie Canute was signed as well. Love he was a bad player when you look back at it. Love Freddie. Oh, such an elegant player. Very he? elegant. Take every single ball Swaggy. in his chest. The Everton goal. Remember that? The Everton goal. There was what? just something the about him. He oozed class. Yeah. You know, but... If you look at how the the strategy has evolved, you know, I just feel that Spurs since 04 have just been this completely different animal. And now is the most difficult because they're trying to break into yeah. the elite. Exactly. They've gone from the mid-range. Where, yeah. where I feel that Arsenal have dropped into that mid-range now. If you look at the signings they've bought and they've brought in, they're dropping in out of the elite and they've been dropping for ages out of the elite. And it's such a big gap. We're only noticing it now that they're spending money on people like Torreira and I, I mean like Bern Leno. I mean I don't think he's a great keeper person. That's my opinion, obviously. Mm. You know, Socrates as well. They're not buying that elite breed of player anymore. We'll probably come into it more in the second half, but the only thing is with you mentioned there about Arsenal, again I'll look at the case for me mm. and I don't want to be negative because I am I like to think as a Spurs fan, I just try and say it as it is. Alright, yeah, they're not buying top quality, but for me Arsenal are still going out there. And they are dressing the areas that they are weak in their squad. And but they had to, Ricky, because they had to back their new manager. Mm. Imagine coming into a new job and saying, yes, you're going to get what you want. And they go, by the way, you can't buy any player. But we shouldn't be back in Poch. We've just given them a new contract. Surely there's been insur- assurances there to say, Maybe there's a long-term project there. Maybe there's a long-term goal. A long-term project. Poch knows that he wants to be the man that leads Spurs out of their new ground. He knows he's part of something great at this club maybe next season if they still haven't won anything I have a feeling that something could happen because maybe then you're going to say see I, I just knows? I just think you know 
anyone watching Spurs at the back end of last season would say, you know, would say the same. Surely, is what I'm going to say now is that he has exhausted the tools at his disposal. You look, at, and we were limping towards the end of last season. That's no. That's nothing against the squad or the manager because it was a long season. Obviously, we had the disappointment again of a semi-final defeat. But anyone could see that, you know, he's got the most out of this squad. Now what it needs is two to three real top-class players. And I know it's not going to be cheap. Elite, elite world-class players. Marquee that players that are elite, going to come yeah. in, that are going to improve the squad. I just see that is where Spurs, if we're going to move forward, that has to be the case. We're going to have to bite the bullet at some point. Spot on. Uh, we're going to bite the bullet now. We're going to have a quick break. But look, it's all right us having a chat. It's all right us having a chat. It's all about you. 0208 70 That's the number to call. You can have your say. Paddy's taking the calls this evening. It's at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Get involved with the uh, with the conversation. 7.45 is Love Sport. It's Love Sport Radio. We're going to finish up our little roundup of who should be cold from this Spurs squad. Ricky, you don't want to talk about this man, but then you do want to talk about this man. Talk about this man. It's difficult, isn't it? Because... If someone said to me that I'd be talking about Toby Edo leaving Tottenham um, 18, 24 months ago, I'd be devastated. But at the same time now, I've always come to the realisation that it's probably going to happen. It hurts me to say it because Toby is a wonderful, wonderful centre-back, especially for Tottenham. For me, watching him in a Spurs shirt has been a pleasure. His relationship with Jan Vertonghen has been telepathic for me. Um, Sanchez has obviously emerged this season into what it looks like he's going to be for me now. Having that first season under his belt, will even be any, will be going on to be a better player next season. But at the same time, I've always felt for me, you don't sell your best players, especially to your rivals. Jason's going to have his moment in a second because he'll disagree with me. I just, for me, the only way we let Adavirol go, which I think will happen, will be to United. But I don't think it's the right move. I think if we're going to sell him, he's got to go abroad. Chase, for me, you you take the biggest offer for him because. I don't care where... Another rival, Jase. I don't care the perceived rival of Man United. If Tottenham have a player that they don't want at the club, then they're better to get rid of the player and get a player in that they do want at the club. And if they need the money to do that, then go and get the money to do it. I don't I don't care. For my mind, if Tottenham don't want him, I don't care where he goes. And, and you can say, send him abroad. Number one, the player's got to want to go to the club that's bidding for him. Tottenham could say, we want Paris to come in and buy him. But if Paris aren't interested, he's, he's not going to go to, to Marseille or Wolfsburg, is he? And he's not going to go to Brighton and he's not going to go to Newcastle. There's only one club he wants to go to. And in 12 months' time, he'll go to that club anyway. But the argument so, is, again, though, Jace, we are weakening our see- ourselves no, we're not we- For me, it's not... If, if you're getting rid of a player that you don't want to bring in a player that you do want, I don't see that as weakening yourself. Who are we going to bring in that's going to be as good, if not better, than Toby? I, I understand that principle, hmm. but but it, if, if Pochettino has a player that he clearly doesn't seem to want, and we've we heard with Toby in the, the summer saying that that he wanted to show in the World Cup that his his exclusion from Tottenham wasn't justified and all of that. So something's gone on. But if you've got a player that Pochettino is going to have sitting on the substitutes bench most weeks next year, why not bring in a player that Pochettino wants to put in the first team and just just move on? Because in 12 months' time, he goes to Man United for £25 So you're going to strengthen a rival in 12 months' time anyway. Answer the question. Do it now for £60 Get the job done. But answer the question, who are you going to bring in then as his replacement? 
whoever Pochettino wants as his replacement. If that's Harry Maguire, if it's God, if it was Christian Daly from years ago, I, I don't care who it <laughs> well, is. I was not Christian Daly. That would finish but, me but, off. I mean, Aaron, Christian you, Daly. You know what I mean? If, if Pochettino said, "I want Alfie Mawson," if he wants Mats Hummels, if he wants, I don't care who he wants. Get the player in that Pochettino will play, rather than keeping hold of the player that he's got no interest in playing. It's weird you said about Alfie Mawson. I'd take him in a heart at Spurs as well hit Potch would get the best out of him is he good enough Aaron? Is he's he good a enough? class act this guy is a class there's just everything about him is a class act and he was unlucky with Swansea you know he went down in a team that had lost their identity completely they came up playing this you know this brilliant brand of football they actually played football and they kept themselves in the division for what was it four five six years playing a decent brand of football unfortunately they're bored wanted money sold their roots which are basically were a fan of club sold to some american investors who hadn't got a clue what they're doing they hired i was about to say brad bobley it's bob bradley and it all kind of just went pear shaped from there and then there, it was a scrambling job yeah exactly and mawson is one man i mean their best assets have been sold off they sold fabianski to west ham um i reckon mawson will go as well and a a decent to top level club but I'm, to be fair I'm surprised Everton don't go and get him you know Phil Jagielka is creaking mm. yep Everton Spurs someone who is looking to make that challenge because I think he'll be I think he'll be an England international sooner rather than later uh, can, I, can I just say on Toby despite what I've just said if I was the manager I'd be trying to get Toby to sign that new contract because I accept Toby is an absolutely fantastic defender who will make any club better that he joins. But I'm, I'm looking at it from the fact that whether whether I like him or not, whether however good I think he is, for whatever the reasons, Pochettino doesn't seem to want him. And therefore, you have to deal with that. That's the situation that you're in and you know he can leave for £25 million next year. So whether I want him to sign a deal or not, he's not going to do it. So it's trying to make the best of a really bad situation that Tottenham are in over Toby Alderweireld. I just want to say one final thing just on that about Alderweireld. For me, again, it's just about the president. You know, Spurs for years have been a selling club. You look, I'll pick United, Carrick, Berbatov. You know, look, look at the amount of players that we've let go to United down the years. Are we going to let another one go out of Vero now as well? I just think for me, there's got to be a time where Spurs say, Do you know what? This has to stop. But can they afford to? I th- well, that, that's I, it for me. If if Toby had four years left on his deal, they can do. He leaves for twenty five million quid in twelve months. So you either but take twenty five tw- twelve months, or you time, take sixty in twelve months time. Let's be fair. Let's be fair. If Levy and Potch wanted to play it well, they could still bring in another centre half now. Yeah, let him rock. Let him run the reserves. Let him go for twenty five million quid. Take the risk. Let United buy him, and he's. he's I think he turns thirty next yeah. year. He's not a young fullback. He's, he's not, not a young, young at all. He's no, not sprightly no, no. anymore. But you know, you'll get a few years, three, four years out of him. But they they can take the risk and do that. I can understand why they don't want to take the risk. Sixty million pound or sixty million pound or seventy million. I mean, pound. I've said the only way this transfer to Man United happens is if we take Martial as part of that deal. There's got to be a time where Spurs turn around and say, "Look, you're not just going to carry on taking our best players." Spurs need to show now that they are also a big club. We're finishing second and third. Start acting like that in the transfer market. And the only way for me that still happens is something like I've just said, is if Martial is part of the transfer. If United don't want to sell, I keep Toby. That's just my opinion. I keep Toby. We've got a couple of minutes now to round up the uh, the players we want to bin off. Who else? I mean, who else? Not, not a bin off, but Serge Aurier is another one that's on the <laughs> discussion list. Dan's going to so. love us. Dan, you know um, who you are. 
it's interesting because the season ends. There was a real split last year between Oria and Trippier. Obviously, Trippier's just had a, a fantastic World Cup. I'm, I'm st- I wasn't that surprised from what I saw from Trips because the good things he did in the World Cup were still the things that we knew he could do. And I still think you didn't see him actually beat a man once in the World Cup. You didn't see him really... I mean, the the goal in the playoff against Belgium, Chadley gets his cross in against Trippier. So I, I could still see... The free the kick in the semi was the good. The free kick was unexpected. Quality. And hopefully Tottenham learned from that so it's not all Ericsson on set pieces. But, but Trippier's now going into the season probably in front of Aurier in most people's minds. And Aurier worries me defensively, and, and I'm not sure he'll ever get better than, than he is. For me, it's 70-30 at the moment, Trippier to Aurea. There's no doubt about it. Trippier's going to start the season. Serge, bless him. I mean, <laughs> what can we say about Serge? He's just... He's, Aaron, he's the most unpredictable player. Defender, all right, we'll be fair to him. We'll, we'll give him his tag. He's a defender. But, yeah, I mean... Let's hope this... I mean, I've always said that under Pochettino's second season syndrome, he gets the best out of players. Danny Rose, we saw it there. Um, yeah, I, I sincerely hope that this season coming up, Ori has learned his lessons. He's learned not to be as rash. I mean, some have said to me, look, you can't take that element of his game out of him because you're going to try, try and affect him. But for me, Spurs have bought him long term. It's not... You don't judge a player for me over 12 months. All right, Soko's an exception. We'll have that. But with Serge, I do honestly think there could be a player in there. We've got to give him at least another season for me. Brilliant stuff. 7.57, it's Love Sport. Big, big tune. Do you, want, do you want to give us the intro to that one? Who was it by? No. Who was it by? Oh, come on. Isn't it the Cockrell Chorus or something the like that? Chorus. Sounds good. We'll go with Cockrell Chorus. I like that. Good tune. Good vibes on a uh, on a Tuesday evening. This is making me happier, Aaron. I'm not going to lie. Nothing's happening transfer-wise. This is, this is making it's my right. evening more pleasurable. It's what we're trying to do, pal. It's what Therapy. We're to do. I love it. I love it. Bit of love from Love Sport Radio here. Uh, good evening. Three minutes past eight across the capital. We are Love Sport. We are uh, talking all things Spurs. Just a couple more tweets that are coming. Angelo has, uh, is listening to the show. He's tweeted in saying, good show so far. Thank you very much for the comments, Angelo. Elsewhere, DP at Podspur tweeted saying, loving the show, lads. Have I missed the Sissoko discussion yet? Tell me I've not missed it. Swap deal for Zaha for me. Hashtag, come on you Spurs. Uh, there'll be plenty more Sissoko talk in the next hour, surely. 100%. 100%. I mean, you Can know... Can we go now for mentioning Sissoko's name? I, th- I, th- I, th- I think Jacey's going to list his top 100 reasons why he doesn't like Musa Sissoko. No, I think regular podcast listeners, I, I defend Musa Sissoko perhaps more than most. I, I see all the faults in Musa Sissoko. I just hate players being abused when they're playing for you on a match day. And I think there's times last year when he's scapegoated as, as poor as he can be uh, Rochdale in the the two two draw in the cups a prime example. We were really poor at Rochdale. Toby was poor. Winks was poor, and yet everyone that day poured it all onto Musa Sissoko, who actually on the day was 
okay. And I just hate the, the scapegoating of players that Moussa Sissoko gets. That said, we all know Moussa Sissoko is not good enough for Tottenham. No. But when they pull on the shirt and they play on the match day, don't stand up and just shout abuse at somebody. And I, I just can't go along with that. Yeah, spot on. Let's talk new contracts. So let's start on a positive, because that's what we're all about, you know. We start, oh, cool. start on a positive, start on a new, on a positive. Uh, new contracts, new deal time. Yeah, well, obviously we've seen in the last week um, Hummin Son and Eric Lamella tied down to Spurs for long-term future. I think some have been surprised by Eric Lamella. I think that was the one that some Tottenham fans, some may have thought, is he going to move on? Because with Lamella, again, another player that absolutely polarises opinion. For me... I still don't think we've seen the best of him in a Spurs shirt. However, how can you not love him after his actions last season? And Jason's smiling next to me here against Arsenal, um, Chelsea. I mean, some fabulous kit. Anyone that follows me and Jason on Twitter and last word on Spurs will see some of the gifts that we've put up across the summer after Lamella signed his new contract. Um, and I still love Eric Lamella. Don't you, Jace? Um, I'm, s- I'm 50-50 on Lamella. I can see the talent there. I think... There's no doubt, I think, a bit like you were talking about earlier with Pogba, I think you put Lamella in Spain or Italy, you'd see a, a much better and a much more consistent Lamella. For me, the the problem on Eric Lamella is, when he plays well, he plays well, but he doesn't play well for long enough in a season, and he doesn't play well for enough minutes within one game. I don't want Eric Lamella to just be a quick flash during a game. I want him to, to really nail down a place to make a positive impact in a really big game, not score a, you know, a worldie against Astra Gugu or whoever it was against in the in the Europa League. I want him to 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 grab a game next season against a Chelsea or a Man United when it's at home and and be the big difference that that gets you three points. That's what I want to see from Eric. Lamella He's still now. only twenty six. He's been still, yeah. he's been there for for what feels like an age. Yeah. Five years? Part of the Magnificent Seven, if you remember. Well, of course, the, the part following the Bale deal, mm. it was uh, Daniel Levy's splurge. Sold Elvis like. and bought the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, d- we never was. forgotten about that one, Aaron. Sold um, Elvis, bought the Beatles. Sold Elvis and bought the Pet Shop Boys <laughs> in the end, I think. That was a, that's what actually happened. I just think, you know, looking at it now, does he deserve... I mean, everyone. that's the question everyone's asked, I suppose. Does he deserve a new contract, Eric Lamella? I wouldn't have done it. I'd, I'd have he'd have been on my list because for me you know when I hear about Tottenham need a game changer and Tottenham need this and Tottenham need that then then there has to be a place for that and at the moment you've got Son Eriksson Ali behind that line Lucas Moore has already come in so you think if if Pochettino's first go-to player off the bench is Mora and then it's Lamella then where the hell does does the third you know does the Zaha option come in if Zaha's going to be your go-to player then when does Eric Lamella come in and get game time? So for me, I'd have probably looked to do Lamella because, as I said, but I, you know, I do like Lamella, but I think he's he's not quite consistent enough. And as you're right, we're now five years on with Eric Lamella for me. Sonny, yo, I'm I can't say how pleased oh, I am about man. Sonny. Anyone that watches this guy, his smile is just infectious. It is, isn't it? You just look at him and you can't help but smiling. The- I just. Unbelievable guy. The, the thing that broke my heart is seeing him crying after oh, the World Cup. It yeah. genuinely broke my heart. Yeah. The worst thing is the Korean officials were there smiling. I think they'd just be happy to be there. <laughs> but Sonny was genuinely... Oh, just, I just, You just can't help but loving the guy. Jace will know, obviously, because of your Asia links. He's just absolutely... I mean, he's adored over here, adored in Asia. He's brought, you know, a massive contingent of fans with him. 
by coming to Spurs originally. Well, he's a massive player in Asia because he's what won Asian Football of the Year for mm. two or three years in a row, and and how he conducts himself, he is a massive player in Asia. But um, you know, when we signed him, everyone said, "Oh, he's just bought a shirt seller." He's a hell of a lot more than a shirt seller, and and now he's probably selling as many shirts to to fans in England or in Europe with Tottenham than he is into Asia as well. He's no Lee Young Pyo. No, absolutely no, not. I mean, Lee Pio was all right, bless him. For it wasn't you know, great. It wasn't great, but you know, Son is just of a different level. You look at the amount of goals he contributed along with assists last season. I'm telling you, Son is the kind of player that if he was available, all of the rest of the top four, top six clubs would all be biting their hands off to because sign him. Because he's a worker, he works, works hard. hard. Great finisher. And just a, a, a great guy. And Joe you know made me also love him as well last season. There were times when, you know, rightly or wrongly, Lamella was favoured over to Son, maybe because of his pressing game. And Sonny, no point during the season ever moaned, kicked up a fuss. He just always seems to be, seems to be a guy that's just pleased to be playing football. And you can't help but love that about a player. Uh, Lee's tweeted us in saying, Good debut so fast. Talk bail. With, 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 why, with why is Lee doing that to us? Talk bail. Why didn't that? Lee, you come Lee, on and talk bail, pal. Come and talk bail. You want to talk Listen, bail? Lee, I know you love bail, but we've all come to acceptance now. This isn't going to happen. And it, obviously, I know you were heartbroken about it, and we would love to see bail come back, but unfortunately, the money's not there. Listen, we're scrapping over a, a Grealish fee. <sighs> come on. We can't buy Grealish, Lee. We definitely ain't buying Gareth Bale, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Very good. Oh, I that's mean, the next level, though, Aaron. We talk about marquee players that are going to take Tom to the next level. I promise you, you put Bale in this team, we're challenging, boy. Flying. We're challenging. I flying. Ju- I just think, you know, that, that, that kind of summed Tottenham up, didn't it? On the on the, the day that we were, were hoping to see Sessegnon stay down and Gareth Bale have a terrible Champions League final, Sessegnon creates the goal, Fulham come up, so there goes that transfer. And moments later, Gareth Bale comes up with that worldie against Liverpool and that's the end of those hopes. And both transfers just broken and, and, and stopped in the same on the same day Steve we know you are uh, you're waiting with us hold fire we'll be straight back with you after this 10 past 8 it's love sport 12 minutes past 8 across London let's go to the phone line Steve is in South End good evening Steve how you doing yeah very well thanks pal um, Paddy our producer tells me you've got a number of points to make fire away the chaps are here well listen I know Ricky and uh, Jason very well how you doing guys hello Steve you're hello, well mate. Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, listen, um, I mean, obviously we talked about uh, transfers and what have you. Shall we have a little chat about the new stadium? Go for it. You, you go on, you take us. Where do you want to go? Right, this is what I was thinking. I'm looking at, uh, you know, uh, Twitter and people like Chris Cowlin who reports on the stadium daily. And I'm, and I'm worried, quite frankly. Um, I don't think um, it's going to be ready. Um, I think that, OK, it might be, I don't know, match day ready or whatever. But I seriously, I don't want to walk into the new stadium. And uh, for a start, I can see, you know, however many turnstiles there are, you know, two or three not working, maybe more. Uh, I can see, you know, the fact that it's a 12.30 kickoff, um, the fact that people are going to get up there so early, you know, to have a little mooch around, see all the new stuff, um, to get in. And then when you get in there, you've got stewards not knowing where things are. I can see, oh, yeah, I've just got visions of, like, wires hanging out the wall. And I'm just thinking to myself, well, wait there, why doesn't, why doesn't Levy just say, look, you know, we've come up against a few sticking points, um, and, you know, unfortunately, we're going to have to delay it maybe until, uh, yeah, I don't know, October, maybe November, even, even January, and just say, look, we've got we've to gotta wait a minute, we've got to get everything ready, because we want everyone to walk into the brand new stadium with everything up and running. What do you, what do you think about that, guys? 
Well, f- well, for me, you know, we'll, we'll see from these test events, haven't we? We still don't know what the the test events are, haven't they? Has one been released today, Jace? Well, I think a couple, haven't they, Steve? We've got the uh, Bayern Munich legends coming down. So that's that's the first test event. That's is the it? second one. We've got one an academy fixture we're going to play. And I presume that, that they'll have to have, I think, for the safety certificates or something, they'll have to have more or less a full stadium yeah, to do evacuations and yep. things like that to get to the, the safety certificate. So, you know, I, I think everyone that looks at the, the pictures, it, you're right. I think there's, there's still a worry, particularly now we know it's not ready for that first game. We, we just don't know. It's we, We'll only know once we have those test events how, how close we are. But, but uh, you know, in fairness, when you go to a new stadium, there's always going to be that, that first day chaos, isn't there? S- Steve, I think, um, from my knowledge with Brentford, we've been talking about it because Brentford are building a new ground as well, down by Q. Uh, they are planning to move in next Christmas. Not this Christmas, next Christmas. Yeah. And I was told by the guys, the Brentford guys, that according to, you know, the, the league rules, the Football Association rules, if it breaks a certain point in the season where you haven't moved into your ground you are given one moving date and that moving date is final if you miss that moving date you have to wait till the end of the season again and obviously it would just cause problems for Spurs so I'm not sure that could be the reason why they're doing it as they are yeah I mean look if we go back a year ago you know, everyone's saying about Wembley and how bad it will be and we can't do this and we can't... Well, actually, Wembley turned out to be absolutely fine. Um, after you know, a while, Steve. Let's bet at him on after a while. What's that? After a while, Wembley turned out to be all right. Let's not show you the start wasn't the greatest. Yeah, we finished third in the league, so it turned out to be absolutely yeah, fine, course. all things being said. You know, people moaning about uh, travelling there, getting in, getting out. For me personally, Ricky, I don't know about you, but I took about three or four attempts to find out my best route. Um, and when I found it, I was like, yep, yeah, I've got to get down there, down that set of steps, out there, round there, and then I'm in. And then I was sorted. But it did take three or four times. I mean, I was standing in the, in the line after about game number three, when I think we drew against Swansea or something, and some bloke next to me just went this is ridiculous we should have gone to Milton Keynes and I'm sitting there going mate <laughs> you know well, that is Spurs Steve no, you know that no, no, as a regular no. week in week out you know no, that I, up, you know, it's like, I know it's an evening kick off and we're all annoyed but we can't go to Milton Keynes that's two hours out of London I mean my god so look you know I just think that you know, the people go oh no we don't want to go back to Wembley well, how can we possibly do that but honestly I'm thinking to myself that stadium doesn't look ready I'm just using my own eyes looking at it, and I'm thinking, well, maybe we need to just delay it. I mean, that's not, I mean, nothing to do with us, of course. But uh, I'm, I don't think, I, is it going to be ready? What do you think, guys? Well, I hope so, Steve. Fingers crossed, I hope so. Steve, thank you very much for joining us. We're going to have to rush you, pal, because we've got uh, we've got another caller waiting. Uh, thank you once again, Steve, in Southend for joining us. We do hope you join us uh, as the season progresses. Sam, you're in Ascot. What do you uh, what do you want to say to the lads? I just want to say, Rick, are you not sweltering in, in your shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's nicely cool in aircon here, so we're absolutely fine, Sam. Yeah. How you been? You been well? Yeah, not bad, boys. You're all all right? I think we're all right. Sam, I'm not going to lie to you. I think, you know, after listening for the last hour, I'd love to see a couple of signings already here, but we're being made well, to wait, aren't we? Yeah, rumour has it we're signing some Chinese person called fucking no one. <laughs> <laughs> you may not be wrong, I, Sam, the way it's going at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Um, basically, I wanted to follow up from the last caller and speak about the transfer business. I'm not push the time, boys, but basically, um, in terms of Wembley last year, Ricky was spot on. After a while, Wembley did become 
like a home for us, to be honest. Uh, I went to the majority of games at Wembley last season, but the Burnley game sticks out for me where it took me 40 minutes to get into the ground uh, because of stewarding and security reasons. Don't get me wrong, I'm all for that, but to miss 40 minutes of a game, albeit a terrible game, it wasn't really what I expected. I don't know about you, chaps, I don't know if it was the same as what you what I expect what I experienced the same as you or well, the thing that, that I'll always take from Wembley was the amount of supporters that would leave after 70, 75 minutes and say the only reason they're leaving early is to get a train. And yet the night of the Real Madrid game, when I was the, the exact opposite side of the stadium to um, from Wembley Park Tube Station, I waited till the final whistle. There was no way I was leaving that Real Madrid game early. And I was was left Wembley Stadium onto a tube in 25 minutes. And I thought, that would, that's, that's shorter than it would take me leaving White Hart Lane to get to Seven Sisters. So I, yeah, I, I never understood. And it, it tended to me that there was a whole rush to get a train from Wembley because everyone was leaving early instead of waiting to see the game. And I, I just couldn't understand that. I mean, I, the only time I particularly left early was the Chelsea game because after the manner of we oh, came back with the heartbreaking, wasn't it, Sam? Heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. and then Hugo to do that, I just threw my towel in and thought, <laughs> I'm not having this. Even the Burnley game itself, I didn't leave early because I thought we might nick it, but the Chelsea game just kind of destroyed me. But, I mean, as a season we did, it did, was not like White Lane, but it did become a little bit more like home. Um, I mean, the West Ham game and the Arsenal game. The United, you know, I, was, I was just going to ask that question, Sam. Did Wembley at any point feel like a bit of a home for you? Um, I would say the Dortmund home game, I thought, you know what, it's a bit more like the lane. I mean, the still not quite, wasn't still quite there, but there's a part of me that thought, you know what, it's a bit, something's clicking here and we might have quite a good run in the um, at home. I mean, it wasn't, it, it, nothing's going to beat the lane. I mean, even this new stadium, whatever it's going to be called, will never beat the lane. But, it did, as time went on, I think the Arsenal kind of game epitomised it for me, where it was, I mean, even, I think, however many times, I must have been 20, 25 times singing Stand Up If You Wait Arsenal, and the whole ground stood. <laughs> um, I mean, I know we all love we all love Arsenal, up at our ends, but, yeah, um, I just want to quickly move on to signing. Or lack of, or lack of, Sam. Yeah, or lack of. Mm. Um, I just want to know, why, apart from the stadium, why do you think there is a lack of funding? Honestly, Sam, I wish I could answer that question for you. I mean, you would know, obviously, hopefully following my Twitter account and um, hearing me on the pod that I've always, you know, I want to see signs this summer. I don't understand the reason why there hasn't been some. Bearing in mind, we saw Pochettino's post-match comments against Leicester stressing that, you know, something has to be different this summer and we haven't seen it. Um, very hard for me to answer that one. Maybe Jason has the answer for you. <laughs> you know what I'm like with transfers. I, you know the st- the stadium, despite all the things that Tottenham have said, surely it, it must have some impact. If you're if you're committing, which which is now what pretty much up to a billion pounds, or is it 850 million or something? Yeah, it must have some impact on that. But um, you know, I, I don't know how much of it is down to Levy. I, as I said earlier. I'm still not sure that Pochettino doesn't have a part of it that if he wants his number one target, maybe he does say, look, I I don't want to take second best anymore. I want my best best player. And if that means I've got to wait till August the 7th, then maybe he's prepared to do that. I, I genuinely don't know, mate.
Yeah, I'm with you, Jace. It's just the fact that, I mean, for me, I don't, judging by his comments today on Vincent Janssen, I don't think Janssen was his first choice because the surplus the requirements after two Sam, we don't even know if Moore is his first choice, bearing in mind, you know, the run towards the end of last season, if Guy couldn't get a game, could he? No, exactly, but the thing is, I think he said that he wasn't signed for that season, mm. uh, for the, towards the end of the season. Maybe yeah, that's I'm, fair. Maybe yeah. reading too much into it, but I think, because he, he was talking about Lorente against Swansea, he said there's Lamella, there's Trump, there's Moore that can play other than, or a false nine, rather than having Lorente, so... There's part of him, I think, that we'll see more of Lucas Moura because whenever oh, he I came agree, on, yeah. whenever he played, mm. he looked to be like the shining light. I mean, I agree. Um, when he came on, uh, when he played against Leicester, he was winning headers, and for a bloke that's what five foot seven, <laughs> five foot eight, against the likes of Wes Morgan, and Robert Hoof, or whoever was playing centre back at the time for him, that's quite a good kind of omen. Well, that's why I don't uh, think he went for Malcolm, if I'm being honest with you, Sam. I don't think that's why Malcolm was ever on Tottenham's radar after um, we got Moore in. It wouldn't have made sense for me getting those two same players, but at the same time, they were being linked with Martial, who in with Sahar, so who, who does know what Tottenham's transfer strategy is? That's how Poch does. But, yeah, but there's, there's the same thing. I mean, uh, Zahar and Martial the same sort of player as Sun and Lamella. Well, and yeah. Mora. I think they come in though. They would improve. I think they would still improve the squad. If and even like I say, Dan Martial for me could improve the first team potentially as well. I, I'm a little bit cautious about Zaha. I don't think he's the finished article yet. Fair enough. I think Potts would improve him drastically, but I mean his Premier League goal scoring record and assist record just doesn't flatter me. To be honest, he's not really what we should be looking at. But if he if Potts likes him, then let Potch have him if it was up to if it was up to me then I'll go you know what here's 70 million don't spend it on him Sam we're running uh, a bit late for a break but very quickly before we go I want to know from you one yep. player you'd like to see come in and one player you'd like to see leave oh one player I'd like to see come in Anthony Martial would be always told me to go to United but Harry Maguire who I thought I had an outstanding World Cup and one player I'd like to leave Moussa Sissoko <laughs> Why doesn't that surprise, surprise us? Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Well done, well done chaps. Great pod. Oh, thank you. Cheers, Sam. Thanks for the call this evening. You can be like Sam, be like Steve as well. 0208 70 25 And if you're a certain man called Lee who wants to talk about Gareth Bell, well, mate, you know what? Paddy is waiting to take your call. Come 0208 up the phone. 70 25 We'll be reading your tweets next. It's Love Sport. Straight onto social media, Taylor has tweeted in saying, Great listen from across the pond. Be missing this analysis of all things Spurs. Glad I've got to listen uh, to this for the next hour at work. Hashtag come on, you Spurs. Uh, Dustin at Debo1980. Great name, Dustin. Fantastic show. Quick question with the depth up front and potentially more coming. Do you see Poch tweaking formations or tactics this year? Gents. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, well, I think a lot will depend... I don't want to keep going back to him. If Toby's going to be here or not, in terms of how Tottenham are going to line up that defence, will it be, you know, a three? Will it be a four? That's it. Well, yeah, well, that'll be interesting to see what he does there. I mean, Jace, what do you reckon? I don't think there'll be much of a tweak. I mean, if, if you think about it, Pochettino maybe tweaks the, the, the setup from three at the back to four at the back, but he's always said the, the philosophy stays the same. They'll try and press, they'll try and dominate the ball, they'll try and play on the front foot, and I think all those types of things will happen. I think, you know, Dortmund at home last year was a game where we perhaps approached it a little bit differently tactically, and we were prepared to, to sit and play on the break. But I think the vast 
vast majority of games, you see Tottenham really playing the same way. And I think that does make us perhaps a little bit predictable to for other teams to set up because they do know that Tottenham will come into a game and play that way. And and I think that's that's always the the test for Pochettino. Can he can he adapt and come up with with Plan B other than it just being taking one player off and bringing on another player? Is there a totally different approach that we can use? Ricky, do you agree to what Jay says? I do. I do, I do completely agree with Jay. I mean, I think a lot will be to see in terms of the window closing. Then we'll see how Pochettino wants to manage this squad. I mean, he's come out today and said Onoma is to be part of his plans. I mean, that's an interesting one for me because Josh Onoma, you know, it, Aston Villa fans were divided on him last season. So for him to be remaining at Spurs makes you think, where is he going to fit in at this Tottenham team? Homegrown. Home, yeah, homegrown, but the, the quota. same... Club homegrown, four but in the Grealish quota. Grealish is part of the quota, you'd argue, as well. But he's not club homegrown, is he, Grealish? So OK, I mean, I think, is that argument? I think maybe if Grealish came, then he'd leave. But mm. Onomar's role, a bit like Carter Vickers, will be in one of those club homegrown yep. four slots. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, elsewhere and we've had another tweet from at Podspur DP he says lots of talk about new midfielders taking us to the next level Kovacic Perisic Martial what about our own Harry Winks I think we could see him step up this season in brackets he might have to good for England too yeah I agree Harry's been he's been unlucky because he picked up that injury towards the end of last season but we're not going to forget how he ran the two Real Madrid games in that central midfield he was absolutely brilliant for Spurs and we've got such high hopes for this guy and we know Pochettino loves him maybe this is his big moment with Dembele going maybe this will then allow him to kind of step into the spotlight because you'd argue maybe he's been in Moose's shadow to some degree I think with with Winks he's now had two serious injuries if you like so he's got to get over that and I I think it will be you know, maybe October, November time before he can can get into a rhythm if he gets the games. We all have high hopes for Harry Winks, but we we still have to bear in mind that he's he's never played a, a full season for Tottenham, and so you know that next stage has got to be for him to get twenty five, thirty starts. He hasn't had that in a season, and I don't think it's you can really judge a player. And, and his effectiveness within a squad until he does have that 25-30 start. So the jury's out. I just hope we don't have Jack Wilshere number two. And I, I don't mean that in a bad way about Wilshere, but when he burst onto the scene, he looked a good player in the same way that Winks does. I just hope Winks's ankles are a little bit stronger than, than Jack Wilshere's. And, you know, it's, it's the same injury he's had a couple of times, which is a little bit of a worry in, in a player that, at that stage of his career. Yeah, spot on, chaps. Half past eight, it's Love Sport Radio. Don't forget we're taking your calls till nine. O two O eight seventy twenty five five eight. We want to hear from you. It's by the fans, for the fans. You know, this is what we are all about. We're giving you guys your platform at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Keep them tweets coming in. The chaps are loving the questions. We're having fun. You're having fun. Everyone's having fun. Eight thirty one, it's Love Sport. It's 8.32. I was actually just reminiscing because I was told by a producer who's uh, he's listening back over last night's show that we did with Millwall about... Um, we're talking about Ken Bates and the electric fence. And, uh, I mean, Jase, you should, you'll remember. You, do you remember that? Yeah, I yeah. definitely remember when he when he put the electric fence up. I, I don't think they... Did they ever play they a game nev- with it? I well, think... they never plugged it in. No. <laughs> yeah. I think they it had all got taken it down. never plugged it, it up. Up, but... Uh, but we were talking about it with the guys from Millwall yesterday and I, and I did say how Ken Bates is probably sitting there going, Suzanne! 
Do we? I told you I'd found a buyer for it one day. <laughs> Get the fence down to Millwall. The boys, because they probably would have it. Let's be fair. Uh, but yeah, you can uh, you catch on, you can catch up. Excuse me on all of our shows on demand. Fancy listening to a bit of Millwall? Trust me, it's a really really good listen. Head over to lovesportradio.com. Head over to the on demand page, and you can select every single show on there believe me it's as easy as that ricky will be releasing this as a podcast if you're listening on the podcast hello by the way don't know it's probably like friday or something no it'll be first hopefully we're gonna release it for first thing tomorrow no no morning. no no, no. Oh, you might be listening to it on oh, friday yeah, of course you any day of the week you might be going around tesco's right now you might be doing anything at all you know you what? might even be thinking what are they talking about we haven't signed anyone <laughs> we might have already signed <laughs> they've signed we? three players exactly <laughs> i wish exactly um but yeah, download the Love Sport Radio app as well. Very, very cool. You can get this show on there. You can get all of our shows on there. Head out to the App Store or the Google Play Store. Just sit, search Love Sport Radio. Job done. Download. Bang, bang, bang. Done. Let's talk ambitions. Let's talk ambitions. Okay. Let's talk Spurs ambitions. Not our ambitions personally. We can talk mm. about them later. We'll have a heart-to-heart later. But let's talk Tottenham ambitions, chaps. Well, the one that won't go away is the trophy one, isn't it? When are we going to finally get over the line? We've been close, close, close. Last season semi-final probably hurt me the most. And I know it's, it's, it's such a cliche to say that, but it did. Because again, I truly believed it was going to be our year in the FA Cup. And it wasn't. Obviously being at Wembley for the full season as well. Um, that is for me where we need to get over the line this upcoming season. We have to win something. Pochettino needs to win something. These players need to win something because my biggest concern is if we don't win something, how does Poch convince these players to carry on with his own philosophy that we can win something together as a group? That's only that's my biggest question, Jace, on this one. Well, I, th- I think the other thing as well as, as players, after five years say the Eric Dyers, the Harry Canes, they may well look and start to doubt the manager and they may well think, do you know what, as, as far as he's taken us, is he the one that, that can deliver a trophy? So you don't know what doubts individual players will have. But yeah, it, it's probably the time now that you think it's five. I mean, five years, this is his fifth season. That's a long time to be in management now. And I think five years with no trophy, I, I, I sincerely hope Pochettino brings it home because I, I love the fella. But... Without a doubt, there will be there will be questions asked of him if he doesn't deliver it this year. Yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, the one person I wonder about always is Harry Kane. You know, everyone talks about him, the golden ball, and, you know, his ambitions as a player. And looking forward, would he want to stay at Spurs if, if there was no trophy? Um, I think this season is a massive season for him, as is Spurs. To be honest, going back to your point, Ricky, about the semi-final last year, I thought you'd bat United. I, th- I thought we would. I thought I thought it was it was Especially a done deal. Especially after how we played against them at Wembley uh, during the season and the way we controlled the game, and Spurs are going in there full of confidence. We've riding the wave of the you know how well we was playing at Wembley. But but one of those big things about the the, the Wembley Premier League game, we were one 0 up in eleven seconds, and that makes yeah. a big difference. I mean, we were never going to be one 0 up in eleven seconds in that semi final. But the annoying thing was we, we did take the lead. Yeah, we did take the lead, didn't we? We did. If my memory serves me right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, to, to go in front, for me, that was going to be the problem, is would Man United score first and Jose shut it down? But for us, having scored first, and actually played quite well in that first half, didn't Kane almost got a, a touch to make it 2-0, didn't he? Just just a, a toe poke away, and we, we had a, one or two other chances, but to then not go on and win it, without a doubt, 
you know that that's what the criticism of Pochettino will be. Yeah, I hope it's not though because I think he's he's still just he's phenomenal. And I think the fit it, it is brilliant for both club and him. Um, look, I mean, I've had an opinion on on Spurs and you know their lack of sort of on-field success trophy-wise the past years and that, that opinion is going back to that magnificent seven um, I believe that Levy has been stung by someone like Soldado and when it came to making the big decisions of bringing in a world-class forward you know not necessarily to partner Harry Kane but to rotate with Harry Kane and you know bringing in that top 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 end of player I think he somewhat bottled it because he felt Ooh, I spent £27 million on him and he was a proven player and the scouting team did their work and it just didn't work out for him and I had to take a big hit on him and, you know, I don't want to spend that kind of money and I just really think that it's Daniel Levy who's let Spurs down to an extent on that front. You know, I know some people argue with me and say, well, he's building us a new ground, he's doing this, he's doing that, but when it comes to the push and the shove and bringing in that world-class breed of player, that's who I think has let them down. But but do we know that Pochettino really wants that type of player? Because we've had, you know, the Toby situation last year already appears to be a falling out with a player. Everyone wants so, a world-class player, don't they? But does Pochettino want the ego and the pressure that that brings? You, you don't know. Does it, You know, he likes that young player that he can mould into his way. You've got to totally buy into Pochettino's philosophy. You saw it at Southampton. You've seen it at Tottenham. Would Pochettino want a, a real chat? Would Would Pochettino want a Sergio Aguero? Okay, type? what if he was to buy a young player, but who had an ego? Well, Deli Ali's got an ego. I was just about to say that, but but Anthony that ego's Martial. kind of been well. But maybe he needs to do that, Aaron. I think that's also okay. Deli Ali's that kind of player, but there's always been that argument: can Pochettino manage players with an ego? And to be fair, all right, the summer before that. Serge Aurier was one that was touted as being a potential troublemaker and apart from obviously on the field his, <laughs> his issues off the field he's not been too bad from what we've heard so far normally on social media and stuff like that it would get out if there's been issues within the club and Pochettino has always got this dressing room under control he always has but my question is does he want to bring someone in I mean if the option was there and he's not the right player for Spurs now but would he have had the ch- chance to have signed maybe an Ibrahimovic would he have done it I don't think he would have done no, I don't think he'd have signed no. that type of player. I think, you know, you've got to be prepared to buy into the system and work. And I think Pochettino's view on, on one or two of the, the ego players, and say a Pogba and players like that, is will they buy into my system? And if they don't, I don't want them. I think, I think right now Spurs wanting Martial, and I'm not saying this because obviously he plays for my club, I'm saying this because I've noticed him. He blows hot and cold like a, a boiler on the blink to a point where it's all about ego because he wants it to be about him. The first thing that annoyed him was he was given the number nine shirt and he was ousted to number 11 because Zlatan came in. Mm. You know, and I know Zlatan sees himself as like, you know, king above men. The God, yeah. You know, the, the God and whatnot. I don't buy into any of that. You know, he's a good player. He's a quality player, but you know, he's not God's foster son, you know, but... Martial was annoyed with that. He was annoyed because he was shunted out left after playing main man under LVG. That was always going to happen, though. But his attitude is... It just seems like he's not bothered. And I wonder if Spurs fans are looking at the pluses and just thinking about the negatives. Oh, no, 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 no. We, he can sort it out. Poch can sort it out. He's, he's all right. He'll, he'll tame him and he'll make sure he's not interested in... in what, don't forget, this is the man who... I think he was he was with a girl from the age of 16 and, you know, she said in an interview after he time for Man United, there's a day that comes when you go from earning £600 a week to 60 grand a week. 
and things change. His 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 wife, I think, was Samantha Marcia. I'm sure that was her name. He had a baby with her. Just had a baby as he got to Man United, and he just went off and did his own thing then. And that was it. It's just people change. And I think Martial has, has changed. We've seen it, uh, you know, as a player. And he's frustrating a lot of people at United. Don't get me wrong. The guy's got potential. Bags and bags and bags of potential. But is the attitude there? Is that actually there? Are we going to see someone like Mario Balotelli again, who at God. a young age Can you was... Can imagine Pochettino with him? At a young age was... Look at... Brendan Rodgers tried to handle him. Mm. Brendan Rodgers brought him he in. He believed, in He actually believed you could get hold of him I and change do, him. I can do it. He felt like yeah. he, he felt like he was, you know... Uh, uh, he had healing hands. Evidently not, because Balotelli flopped like he has at the majority of places he's gone to, unless he's the big fish in the small pond. So it's just... It's, it's a situation that where you wonder... Is Martial the right fit? Do Spurs need the odd big ego? Does Poch need to... Is this the last thing that... Is this, is this the last piece of the jigsaw where you need to have that big ego player to change things? Possibly. Uh, again, for me, once you've got that elite... I still think I say, I say still think we need two. I still think we need two. Two or three for me. Real top, top winning mentality players that have been there, done it, got the experience, won the trophies. I think that is what's going to get this Tottenham team over the line. Yeah, it's that, it's that elite player that, that has their authority and presence about them. Not that, scared to be on the ball. But the ego as well. The ego, but also the, f- the football knowledge that when something's going wrong at half-time, he may well say, look, Poch, I think we, we just can't press like this because they're, mm. they're playing through us. To have that authoritative voice, yeah, and maybe maybe that's what we lack. And you do need maybe ego, maybe the wrong is word. It's just that having a leader, presence. a leader. I don't think it's it's leader. It's just that presence in the dressing room to 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 make a challenge and be able to get away with challenging Pochettino without, as soon as you challenge it, being cast aside. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think you make a really valid point there. To be fair, I, I agree. With you. I mean, it's all about the elite player and the elite mentality taking it to the next level yeah. it's such a hard jump it's again winners. it's bringing in I, winners I, I, bring, in I, winners. I talk about that other mob you know and and what they where they've been and how far they've fallen because again i, I say they're not buying that elite breed of player. Now, i think they bought obamian because he was there it was a case of take him now take it or leave it there you go he's in front of you you know this is your opportunity they brought him in um i think lack of set is flattered to deceive sometimes i think i think his attitude isn't the best let's be occasion. honest arsenal didn't believe for one second they were gonna get, gonna get the chance to sign Aubameyang. No. hence why they signed Lacazette, and then obviously Aubameyang's been offered to the well that transfer has been presented to them mm. it's a you know it's gonna appease the fans as well they've just lo- lost sanchez of course the fans are gonna want him of course, yeah. they want to, want to please the fans, so it adds up for that reason. But how are Arsenal going to match up next season? I don't know. Do I care? Not really. No. You just want a trophy. Yeah. Very, very simply. And very, we want to hear yeah. from you. 0208 70 20 558. That's the number to call. At Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Still got plenty of time for your tweet. 16 minutes to 9 o'clock. This is Love Sport. Yeah, it's Love Sport Radio. Don't forget, seven of the best is back this season. One million pounds is on offer. If you can correctly pick seven correct scores four weeks in a row, and it's 
completely free to enter. That's the best thing about it. It's free to enter. It's like a free hit, free swap. So what you've got to do is you've got to pick six teams you expect to win from any of the four English leagues, plus the leagues in Scotland, plus a team that you think will draw. It's a little bit harder, um, you know, when you've got to pick the banker because you've got to be sure that one is going to win. You can play for points. Play with your pals. 7OTB.com. Make sure you get on it, chaps. Um, Make sure you get on it. Yeah. Make sure you get Sounds on it. Good. It's, it's it's a great game to win. And you know there are people who, who who come close every single week. As the season progresses, I'll be back with you, bring you stats of how far people have come along with uh, with the seven OTB game and how close they are to winning that big, big prize of one million pounds. Make sure you get on it. Seven OTB dot com. Your chance to win. A million quid. Um do you want to look at the rivals now? We've got about nine minutes left of the program. Squeeze it in. Squeeze it in. Um, let's talk about the rivals. Look, let's look around um, and and talk about Liverpool and how they are potentially Man City's closest challengers following their their summer splurge. See, the thing with Liverpool is, I mean, a lot of people saying, "Oh, you know, Klopp's under pressure now," but why don't we say, you know, admire the owners for the backing they've given him? You know, I would love to see Spurs given that backing that Klopp has been. Given, you know, he's signing, you know, arguably, and we don't know obviously how good he's going to be in the Premier League, but arguably one of the best keepers in the world. So we're being told he, they went big and signed the most, well, he was the most expensive centre back, wasn't he, Virgil van Dijk, in the January window. So you can't argue Liverpool's owners have backed Klopp and it's up to him to deliver. Now, the argument you said with Pochettino is that he hasn't been significantly backed yet, therefore, is the pressure really on him? Do you see what I mean, Jace, on that point? Yeah, I mean, full credit to Liverpool. They, they've addressed the issues where, where you felt they were weak. For me, the, the jury will still be out. It's a lot of players. I mean, Bernardo Silva came from Monaco. Uh, Bakayoko came from Monaco. I hear all about other clubs strengthening. You know, Chelsea, Chelsea strengthened last year, bringing in Morata, Bakayoko, Rudiger. But did they strengthen? They got weaker. So... Signings don't necessarily mean you're stronger, but full credit to Liverpool, they've they've gone out and done their business. But you know, even with the goalkeeper, De Gea struggled at first, didn't he? Claudio Bravo was supposed to have solved Manchester City's problem, written off after a year. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they'll all be better. But as I say, respect for Liverpool, they've 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 gone and done what they needed to do, and and I'm sure they're they're all happy with the business they've done. Yeah, I mean, firstly on their spending, I think their owners have realised that operating like an American baseball team isn't going to work. Moneyball doesn't work. You know, very few clubs can operate with that system. Liverpool realised that, you know, after the Brendan Rodgers era and signing the likes of Alberto, Luis Alberto, and Iago Aspas, Mario Balotelli, Simon Mignolet, it does not work. And that Klopp, if they want to keep him, has to be backed. Um... One thing I'll say about Klopp is he's very, very stubborn, isn't he? When he wants someone, mm. he will go and he will harass them and, and harry them and make sure he gets them. Like with Virgil van Dijk, it's exactly what he did. Yep. He, he could have gone in, he could have picked up another defender from somewhere, could have gone and bought Harry Maguire, yep. could have gone and bought Mawson, anyone he liked. But he stuck out for Virgil van Dijk, as he did with Alisson, you know, um... And I think that's one thing that's maybe a positive for Liverpool. Does it concern me that they are going to be rivals? Yes. Does it concern me that they're going to be contenders? Yes. Do I reckon they're going to win it? No. No. I don't. Uh, I think there's City, just something yeah. about them. Yeah, I think City are still going to take a way to being caught for me personally. Um, 
and you know Chelsea now with Sari coming in I mean he looks like an ultimate disciplinarian doesn't he you know he's been a lot of Chelsea players and now Fabregas have come out and said he's looking forward to working with him he'll get that dressing room on his side that's for sure for how long who knows but you know these players they'll be um God, I think they'll be ready for the start of the season. And again, Chelsea last year, the way I say last season, the way they collapsed towards the end of it, we Spurs in a way, I think we also got a bit lucky, the fact that we wasn't really battling them towards the end for that Champions League spot because Chelsea fell apart. It's going to be a different story this season. You're going to have five, six teams. I hate to say it, not that I think they're going to be anywhere near us, but West Ham, they've made some good signings this summer. They've got a good manager. Everton, obviously, Silver's coming in. You know, it's going to be a tough, tough league next year. You must be quite happy to see the meltdown Chelsea. Personally, with Sarri, I don't think he's going to last a season. Really? I, th- I think it'll be another version of AVB or Scolari. The language barrier is massive. I know they've brought in Gianfranco Zola, but everyone knows he is a... a Terrible, terrible football coach. Um, he's not great at all, you know. Um, and with the lack of spending, the fact that Conte has left under this massive cloud, it's basically what they've done is they they've binned off the wife and moved the girlfriend in straight away. And and you know, the girlfriend's not going to last. I just have this really bad feeling about Sarri. I just everyone knows about his views. He's got you know somewhat racist views, homophobic views. Someone well, there's talks in the papers about anti-Semitic views as well. I just cannot see this one last. And I don't it's know. It's a who risk, isn't it? I don't know who they'll go for next. That's the absolute. He's run one. out of options. He's sacked so many the elite ones. I don't. Well, he went back with Angelotti, didn't he? Uh, well, sorry, he went back with who did he go Mourinho. back with? Mourinho. Mourinho, didn't he? I would have he? gone back for Angelotti. He might have gone back for, yeah, he could argue he'd go back for Angelotti, is, but, but it's just... We, we've only got a few minutes. Is the Chelsea appeal there anymore? It's not the same as a few years ago. They're not where spending it's like, the money, are they? When they first came onto the scene, they had an A team and a B team. That's how you spend money. Mm. And it wasn't just a case of they were going out and buying all these players, uh, you know, in the same ilk as Man City. And they were looking to develop a certain style. They were simply just yeah. battering teams left, right and centre. And they brought in the best of the best of the best. And right now, though, I'd imagine Drinkwater will go. Barkley will go if they can get someone to buy him. That's the only problem with Ross Barkley. He's played such little football. I don't think they can get someone to buy him. Um, and... You look at it, there's holes everywhere. Mm. Everywhere. The goalkeeper. I think Courtois, I've heard today. Well, I think he wants, doesn't he want to go Courtois? Well, I've heard today, it's done. It, really? It's very simply a case of Chelsea need to buy a keeper. Cause Joe they, Hart, I think, has been linked to there, hasn't he? I think it'd be a good signing for him. Either that. Joe Hart or Butland. Would you go Butland rather well, than Joe Hart? Yeah, if I was to buy Butland, I'd buy Petr Cech as well. And get Petr Cech to be his little ch- mentee. Mm. That might course. work as well and going back to Chelsea. a season or two left yeah. in it and he's been atrocious at Arsenal. And Peter Cech guarantees you 10 points a season apparently. At Chelsea he does. <laughs> at Chelsea he does. Not not necessarily. I mean he was losing 10 points a season for Arsenal last season wasn't he? Losing his <laughs> mind mate. He's losing <laughs> his mind. He, he was atrocious for Arsenal but I'm, I mean, with Chelsea, you know, I think Courtois done. They they had to get rid of him. Hazard still talk about him to Real Madrid mm. as well. I can see that happening. William, well, apparently, Barca, third bid, they've third ca- bid they've cast, they've 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 calmed down on him. They've gone for Malcolm instead. Barcelona. They've gone for Malcolm. What yeah. the, the one that's supposed to be going to Roma? The well, the Ro- Roma, have got, Roma have announced they've agreed a deal. But my understanding is that. Malcolm, Barcelona have come in and made an offer, and Barcelona are dead serious about this offer. Blimey. So it's all going on abroad. It's not nothing going nothing on. Nothing going on about, about Tottenham, but it's all going on abroad. 
Daniel Levy's just sitting there watching, listening to the radio at home. He's just he's just enjoying himself, really. He's chilling out. It's you know, Christmas chilling Day out. is December the twenty fifth. You don't open your Christmas presents on December the fifteenth, do you? Deadline day is what two two weeks away. Loads and loads of time for Daniel yet. Loads of time. Loads of time for Daniel. Maybe not as much time for us, patience wise. Listen, I would like to say like the thing that I'm quite a patient guy, but. God, he's taking it. Daniel taking doesn't it wrap his presents until Christmas Eve, for God's sake. He's, he's not going to open them he, this no, he, he wraps them early doors Christmas morning. You know when the kids have gone to bed? <laughs> you know, with, with a glass of something. That is Daniel Levy. I'm worried about my mob. Mourinho's cracking up. It's, really, yeah, it's, not, it's not looking good. I heard his comments the other day saying about the friendly where he said it's not a team yet. Just a group of players. Hasn't been a team for years, mate. Hasn't been a team for years. Third season... Uh, cracking up syndrome is starting. How much pressure on him to win the league? Massive. Massive, massive, massive From United pressure. fans? To be honest, from everyone. From everyone, really. Um, right now, watching the past two friendlies, I can't see us qualifying for top four. Well, Going forward, I think him and Pogba's days are numbered, both of them. Both of their days are numbered at, at United. I can see Pogba going... I was going to say going back to Juventus, but they need money. Because they've just you know spent on Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm actually pleased for the World Cup with Pogba because he looked the player that that I know he can be. What does he do? I looked a good player in a World Cup. What does he do though? I mean the the, the goal in the final when he fancy a swap It's the 60 yard pass, bombs forward, gets on the he's, end of he's, it. He's a dabber, and I don't mean in the bingo sense. <laughs> um, that's it. We're done. I mean, two We're hours done. has flown by. Thank you very much. It's an impressive debut. Oh. Hat trick from each of you. You know, no red cards. It was brilliant. <laughs> no injuries. Absolutely fantastic. You guys are back Tuesday from 7 pm. It's Love Sport Radio. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.